And I realized, I start laughing, and a guy, like, it was in the urinal next to me. <laughs> and he goes, uh, hey, man, you okay? And I was like, am I okay? God, great. I'm great, man. Do you know that this toilet right here, this toilet is, it's here just for me. Like, like I, I am... It, it is ah, for ah, no other purpose. Ah, it exists for no other reason than to take my poopy. Right and and then when I'm done with it, it's going to be here for somebody else. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. Are you drinking a beer? I am. You're drinking a beer at seven o'clock in the morning. What the fuck is your problem? Fucking, I haven't stopped, man. I've been up since fucking two drinking beers. What? What? It's breakfast of champions, dude. Why have you been up since two o'clock in the morning drinking beers? Okay, this is this is the podcast, so we're talking about this. No, no, we're, we're going to talk about drugs, man. No, so why why have you been up since 2 o'clock in the morning no. drinking beers? Not drugs. No, but I'm asking no, specific. No, it's not a beer. It's a fucking oh. bang. I'm, I'm, I'm acting. Oh, you're brilliant. That was, uh, you know, well, <laughs> and it says and it says a lot about my uh, estimation of your abilities to uh, assume that you were not uh, making it up. Yeah. Um, no, this is a bang energy drink. It has zero carbs, zero sugar, zero calories, zero artificial colors. Well, outstanding. But it's an artificial flavor because it's called Star Blast. Star Blast. It tastes like um shit. Like if you <laughs> well, if you just if you dumped an entire package of Skittles in your mouth. Yeah, that's yeah, that's bad. That's bad. But it works. It's like it's it's refreshing because it's it's not bad for you like in the way that fucking Red Bull is. And I don't want coffee right now. Like I this is like just a brighter taste and not like a bitter and I don't have any iced coffee made. And I don't want hot coffee. So God, you are such a, uh, an effete. It's hard. It is. You're so, so you're so effete. Me. It's like, give me some hot coffee. And if I have to have some water, you know what I drink? The, the water, water, no, yeah. fucking water. If I need water, I drink some water in the morning and I have coffee, you know, water here too, you know, Okay, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if if you're Giovanni Rabisi, I'm fucking Gene Hackman. I don't get it. I don't get it. Wait, are you saying I'm handicapped and you're Lex Luthor? Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I was saying. We can take care of each other. <laughs> so, all right. So, what you want you wanted to talk about drugs? I feel like I've been talking about drugs with a lot of people a lot lately. Okay. So it was either AI or drugs, and we've talked the shit out of AI. So I, it's like, yeah. I was we, all week. I was talking about AI. That's it. That, well, that's all anybody's that, talking about. Yeah. Well, it's, and I got a, I, I, wrote about, I wrote about this in my post-it notes where yeah, yeah. I got an email about the AI experts. I got an email the other day saying, you know, um, something, something AI experts. And I was like, what? I opened it up. And this was to my work email. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it was like, AI is happening so fast and you need experts that can blah, 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 blah. Like Don Hall, our marketing manager, David Himmel, our innovative blah, blah, blah. But they all had like Indian names. Yeah. They're not really experts. Well, yeah, tech tech guys, but you know, there's a lot of Indians in tech. Um, You're racist. It's just the numbers. Um, and look, I can show you the email, like the email is what's racist. No, I get, the thing is I get those emails now that I'm a a promotions director at a radio, I get, I get the constant flow of here's a new way you could hire your, our company to do some more marketing because AI is encroaching upon your business and digital sales are down and blah, fucking, I just, I can't, I don't give a fuck. But like, it is the same tone, the same timber, everything. It's feeling this way any, anyhow to me as like 2009 social media. Yeah, that's exactly right. This is and a new so, thing. And I remember thinking in 2009 social media experts, like, and I, I was friends with a social media expert. And I said, Layla, how can you call yourself an expert with as fast as things are changing with as new as this is, you know, only slightly more than I do because you're paying a little bit more attention. Like, is that the edge that, you know, slightly more than I do? So that's what makes you an expert. Like, no, no, what makes her an expert is, 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 and what makes all of these people an expert is that they have said they're an expert and we are, we are in a, we are in a particular narrow corridor culturally where saying you're an, saying you're an expert makes you an expert. But I will also go, I also go one step further. It's not that different than Four out of five doctors recommend it's what lucky strikes, lucky strikes, lucky strike. It's marketing using the mission. Yes. No, but it's four to five doctors or five doctors. What do you think? And they were like, oh, this one's great. Yeah, this is great. This this is great. This is great. And then the fifth one's like, no, nah, he's not so good. I like menthol. and Marlboro Reds. Yeah, yeah, I like menthol. No, but <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the thing is, it's 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 advertising utilizing the 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 mythology of expertise. I know. I and, get what it is. And what's but what it, I'm saying is like this is what how we don't learn. Like I know completely what it is. Yeah. But we have this was the exact same thing that happened in 2009. Yep. With social media, and we fucking blew it. Oh yeah, we, we totally blew it. An opportunity for something to be really cool and beneficial, and it just right out of the gate. Well, right out of the gate, social media was kind of like mm, no, because you know I, I can remember. I think I told you this story before. Like I went to a um, what was that stupid magazine? Red Eye, the Chicago Tribune. Oh, I, was like yeah, I remember Red Eye. I remember Red Eye paper. And, I wrote for I wrote for Red Eye a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I wrote for Red Eye, and I, I went. And it was a Twitter meetup for Red Eye. And I was, my girlfriend at the time, Brie, was like, you should go to this thing. And I was like, okay, this is a good idea. Cool. She's like, I'll come with you. We'll meet some journalists. You, you know, let's do this. And I'm like, okay. I didn't have Twitter, didn't know what Twitter was, but okay. So I go to this thing and I'm asking them, what, what is this Twitter thing? What, because it was still brand new. Maybe this was like 2008. I don't know. It was early on. And they were like, well, you get an account and you make up a handle and it's like your your name. I'm like, oh, like an AOL, like a chat. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Dork, but yeah, okay, sure, like that. And then I was like, okay, so then what do you do? Like, well, you follow people. And I go, this is so stupid, like in hindsight, but again, 2008, 2009, follow them where? No, like you follow them on, you follow their Twitter feed. Oh, 
And why, why would I do this? Well, because then you can see what they're up to. So, like, what are they up to? Well, and this is a room full of journalists. This, they, oh, yeah. They, well, to see what the latest news is, what they said was, and I shit you not down, this is what they said. Well, like, where they're going to eat and, like, where they were at, you know, what movie they saw. And, like, and I said to them, like, why would I want to do that? What? And then, like... It was then it became the whole See, you were a smarter you were a smarter man than all of us that you asked that question. I didn't come to the conclusion. It, I had the funniest experience. Uh, this was Friday. Um, I'm walking around. I Well, OK, there are two. two I'd been invited. There's this kid, uh, this kid here in Wichita who cannot get past the fact that I'm not. Don Hall, the venerated. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. The, the DJ. I mean, that's oh. one of the, yeah, the DJ that was basically, I mean, the, way, the best way I can put it, he was basically the Bill Curtis of Wichita, right? The guy's been around for 40, well, he just passed on last year. So when I tell people my name is Don Hall, there is usually a beat where they're like, what? Because it's like, it's like, it's like saying, it's like saying, yeah, hi. Yeah, my name's Bill Clinton. I mean, there's just there's this immediate association and they don't know. space. Yeah. Are you? Like uh, Michael Bolton, the pop singer. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it. That's that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. And uh, and so this kid won't. <laughs> he knows. He knows that I'm not that Don Hall, but because I work in radio and because I was nice to him at a remote, um, he is a wannabe producer of some of the local bands. And so okay. he has told all of the these local band kids that Don Hall from the radio is coming to see them. Well, Which, that might be true. It, well, it is true, but it's not, you know, it's like, okay, that's a little, you know. So anyway, finally, uh, there's this place uh, he had invited me to a free show uh, last night, and it was for weeks. Supposed to be dead? Yeah, no shit. But anyway, it was at this place called Monica House, which is basically a house that they've called Monica House. It's just in a neighborhood, and they 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 pack out the garage with sound equipment, you know, and close garage up. Well, you know, the thing is, and there are two things that, that I, that I recognized is that number one, um, I, I may have, I my, 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 uh, what is it? What's, what's the, the buy-in date or the buy-buy date for that kind of thing for me? Your shelf life. Yeah. My shelf life is kind of past. Cause I, I went, I went, you know, I didn't like dress up or, you know, I, was like, I just showed up and it was like, okay, I'm going to catch out, catch some local bands and hang out, dress up. So you're going to dress well, I, up to a garage. No, show. I didn't dress. I didn't like worry about what I looked like. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, okay, what a fucking punk dude. Okay. Whatever. So anyway, I, I show up <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's, it's a bunch of, I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just too old, to, but there's just a bunch of kids. God, I don't know where this is going. And they're all, they're all, you know, like there was some, I, there was a, a group of kids in one in the house, in the prop house proper who kept going in. They're drinking some sort of strange liquid. I don't know what it is. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. You know, it, it, there wasn't anything for sale. Was it, it was like, was you it know, goopy? Like what did it? No, look it like? was like, 
It was red. It was red. I don't know was what it, it was. It like jungle juice. I don't know what it was, David. It was a liquid with with alcoholic didn't, purpose. Didn't you have that when you were in college? Like I did, I did. You but like I was like and pour Everclear in it. Yes, like, I, I, I was. I, I well, no, I don't know. And they're doing some sort of pills, and then they're all smoking weed. The, the weed smell is just. It's overwhelming. And we're in the middle of like this residential area in the middle of Wichita. And and so and I'm and the bands are terrible. I mean, they're terrible. They're re- OK. I want you to imagine. You remember? Uh, oh, what's the fuck? Say anything? No, not say anything. What's the movie where where uh, Cusack holds the. Yeah, say the, anything. Where he holds the the the, the in your eyes holds yeah. the boomba. Okay, yeah. remember with Dan Court. And, yeah, um, you remember remember Lily Taylor, Lily Taylor, uh, Lily Taylor in that movie, like sitting in the house with the guitar and singing the terrible emo songs. Yeah. Okay, now imagine that, except with uh, really bad, but a lot of amplification. It was just not good music. That's teenage rock and roll. Well, I know, I know. So, like I said, that's what I'm saying. My shelf life, because I was there for yeah. probably 30 minutes, and finally, was I, I just looked. You know at, what? Yeah, I, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I gotta. You might, you might be the dead Don Hall because you I'm, sound old as. Fuck, I, well, right? I just, I just was like, I'm, I'm way. Well, no, I had that night because so I left there. I was like, yeah, that wasn't my scene. And so I came home and then I decided, well, it's first Friday in Wichita. They, you know, the downtown, they open up all the art galleries at night. It's like, okay, here's going to be the thing. And, uh, and I'm not used to being, and I just, I don't know how to say this without sounding weird. I'm not used to walking around spaces with people and not being noticed. Like not being like I'm I'm not an invisible character. I'm not one of those people that just sort of like kind of slides in. I usually am talking to somebody or I'm making making some, you know, and so I go and I, I cannot go. wait for you to hear this back. I'm not I'm not somebody who's used to walking around a crowded area and not being noticed. Well, I, I, that's why I said, OK, Meghan Markle. No, it's, it's not like that's why that's why I hesitated before I said it. But it's just like I'm not used <laughs> to being kind of invisible. It's not a it's not a, a feeling I'm used to of like walking around and not engaging and being engaged. So I go in and it's like walking in these art galleries and every art gallery um, and the art was oh, OK. So I go into the city arts. This is fucking hilarious. Uh, well, I, you, you started it. You didn't have any topics, so this is where we're going. So I go into the thing. It's the city arts, and they have three different gallery displays, right? You have the fish thing where this artist painted like 7,000 pictures of fishes, which I was just not way into. And then another guy that did like squids, like he was he painted squids, like a whole bunch of pictures of squids doing shit and stingrays. And I'm like, well, this is not where I'm. I'm not. So you got, you know, and they're and they've got like, oh, here's still life. Why can't people just paint fruit anymore? No, I was just like, what the fuck is this? And and it's on the bottom floor. And they have kids like beverages. Well, you're not going to like since since you want to you want to pigeonhole me into the old man. Then 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 you're not going to like where this is going. Buddy. No. I'm not the one digging the so, hole here. so I go up to the second floor because there's apparently a third uh display the third uh art gallery and uh it's about masks. And I notice here's what I notice. Get remember, I'm in the middle of Kansas. I notice that the median age in the city arts is looks like uh maybe 30s, you know, and okay. and I'm in there just kind of looking at paintings and 
I'm not talking to anybody and nobody's talking to me. And I'm just kind of like, it's like, I'm a spy. I'm just kind of sliding in. Nobody's noticing me. I'm not noticing. It's like, okay, I'm just kind of observing. So I go up to the, uh, the, the second floor, but I notice while I'm there is that, is that there are, there are, and again, this is Kansas, a lot of black people coming in and I'm not used okay. to seeing. That's a sentence I never thought anybody would say. I, well, well, again, I just, it's Kansas. Remember, yeah. there's a lot of black people coming in. Well, in you Kansas. just don't. In Kansas, you don't see a, like a congregation. At least I don't, because just it's not that many black people here, as far as I know. That's what so I'm right. saying. Like, yeah. like again, oh, it, you, it was. I, I, I notice, I notice that there's a lot of black people coming in and going up to the second floor. So I go up to the second floor and it turns out it's a black artist and he's a younger guy and he's a photographer and he's taken these really interesting, like really interesting pictures of people in masks. And he's got sort of like a very artistic trees and the gallery is completely filled with black people. I walk in, I'm the only white person in the room. And all of a sudden I went from being kind of invisible to very visible. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not making, it's not like I walked in and went, hey, Whitey McWhite man's here. Everybody knows. I just kind of walked in. I wanted to read the, the artist's statement. I want to look at the art. And so I'm doing that, right? And uh, he comes over. I didn't know he was the artist. He comes over and he goes, hey, did, do, you, do, you, do you like the, do you like the stuff? Boss, boy. Well, 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 that was kind of his thing. Is I, I think he was trying to figure out why I was there. And I said, no, I said, I'm just looking at the art. I said, this is, uh, I said, I really like, and I did. I liked a couple of it. I pointed out one piece. I said, that's really complicated. I like all this stuff that's going on. And he realized, oh, he's actually interested in the art. He didn't just come for the free Oreos and and pieces of cheese, which I wasn't getting into. I was like, he, he's not here for the free stuff. He's really looking at the art. And at one point we're talking, he and I get into a really good conversation about what it's like to be an artist in Wichita, you know, and, 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 you know, how, how, how did he get the gallery space? And then I asked, I said, I said, I'm, I said, this is probably going to be a weird question. I said, why, why is your stuff, which in my opinion is a lot more interesting than the billion pictures, you know, paintings of fish. And he just started laughing. The minute I said the billion pictures of paintings of fish, he just started laughing. He said, you're wondering why they put the black guy on the second floor. Oh my God. <laughs> and he and I started laughing. Then a couple <laughs> of his friends come over and these big black guys with dreads, they come over and they go, are you lost? Oh, shit. it was really. Yeah, I said, I said, no, no. I said, I, I said, this is uh, I said, this seems to be the place. This is the best art in the building. And they start laughing. And he says, he says, do you feel a little out of place? And I said, no, that's the benefit of being white. I don't feel out of place anywhere. Oh, and then they all they all started laughing. So at one point, we're you know, I've got like four or five of these guys. and We're all talking about art and they're talking about what it's like to be black in Wichita and all this kind of stuff. So that's fun. So then I go to another art gallery on Douglas, which is a little more frou-frou. Mm. The median age has got to be 70 years old. Okay. And while I'm not, while I'm kind of invisible in the, in the way nobody wants to really talk to me, I am also looked at slightly disdainful because like I said, I didn't dress up. So I was just wearing a pair of, you know, cargo shorts and a t-shirt and I'm just out in a ball cap and I was not dressed 
the way the 70, you know, the art gallery crowd, this higher end art gallery crowd. I was not dressed for the occasion. Let's see, it just came from the Monica house. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is they had like this one had for their hors d'oeuvres, their free, they had wine and they had sushi rolls and they had, you know, it's all this kind of shit. They had Oreo thins. That's a, exactly. And so I'm walking around and it is obvious that I don't fit here either. But uh, and so I had that night. Um that, that night where it's like, okay, I this is such a weird existence that I'm living because I don't really want to make a lot of friends because that, that means I have to stick around longer, you know. Um, and 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 it's like, wow, this is so strange. Uh, so yeah, that was that was that was my. I, 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 the minute I said I, I, I'm not the kind of person who goes out and doesn't get noticed. The thing about it is, dude, dude. No, I know. I'm at the, I know. Dude, this is my experience. You know me. I, the, one of the first times you and I were sitting, we're sitting out on on uh, division, and you and I are talking, and all of a sudden, from across the street, says somebody just screams, "Fuck you, Don Hall!" I mean, yeah. that's that's what I'm used to on some level. Well, and when you were in town last, we were having breakfast. Yeah, and dude walks up and notes. Yeah, like yeah, yes, that, I, that, that's what I'm saying. So it's not like I'm being arrogant about it. It's just like I, that's I, that's I, what I'm used to. I'm giving you a stick. That sounded so, funny. Here's so any, so hold on. I get it. I wouldn't. Yeah, and then I'm gonna shut up up and let you talk about drugs but i just it, you're gonna love this so the other the other night i'm i'm sitting at uh norton's which is sort of like the it's the de the one decent microbrewery here in town they've got good beer they've got real good food it's a nice cool place it's a hipster place no question it's a hipster place so i don't fit there either but i like to go in there once you know once in a while and have a couple of beers and you know get like a burger or a chicken sandwich or something they've got and i'm sitting at the bar because that's one of the things about being solo you never have to wait for seats. You just go sit at the That's bar. So nice. I fucking love so it. Nice. I fucking love it, man. I never had to wait for fucking seats anywhere. So I'm sitting at the bar and I'm I'm drinking my beer and I'm waiting for my food. And this woman, and you know, she wasn't unsightly. It's not like she had a hair lip or anything. She was a, a she looked at she, you know, she was a decent enough look woman, not really my style, but she comes up and she says, Excuse me. And I turn and look at her and she goes, Are you Don Hall? And I went, my <laughs> I know. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I went, um, I said, well, I said, what I'm going to say is it depends on the context of the question. And she said, <laughs> she said, well, I read your book. And I said, which one? She goes, your wife was a prostitute. And I went, oh, okay. You, I said, you did read my book. And that is me. I am that Don Hall. And, and she's kind of looking at me and she's kind of got that, you know, and if, if I were in Wichita, and, I th and I'm sure there are prostitutes in Wichita, but, uh, you know, but then she looks and she goes, so do you want to buy me a drink? And I went, oh. and I, I sat there for a second. I, went, I said, okay. I said, back up. I said, you read the book. You probably know a lot more about me than I know about you. You have a sense of what I've been through. And you came in and asked me to buy you a drink. I said, so what I'm going to say is that's a red flag. And no, if you would like to buy your own drink and have a seat, I'll have a conversation with you, but I am not going to buy you a drink. And she just kind of, well, fine. And walks away. And I was like, that's so, and the bartender, he's, he's noticing this and he goes, yeah, I wouldn't have bought a drink either. <laughs> it's like, wow. What the fuck? So that, that, this has been my week here in Wichita. So this sounds like. Imagine if you had been high or on mushrooms. Oh God, it's surreal. You know? it's, yeah, it's like a it's like a fucking Charlie Kaufman film. 
Because you're not a, a big drug dude. Like, you don't. I did when I was younger. D- dude, when I was younger, I've done I, I've done heroin in my heel. I've done acid. I've done mushrooms. I've done, you know, the new ecstasy, never did ecstasy, never did Molly because they came after. But I mean, it, name a drug, cocaine. I'm the worst. I'm the fucking worst on cocaine. So I yeah. did not, I, you know. So, yeah, I, I used to do. I think that was one of the reasons that uh, Data used to think that I was uh, I was such an old fart, because I had done all of that shit when I was younger and realized, yeah, none of this is actually good or fun for me. So I went, OK, did that been there, not doing it anymore. Have you um, have you ever done the like the, the legal drugs that come in the pill bottles with the doctor's signature? The what are they called? Prescription drugs. The fentanyl. No, not fentanyl. Jesus. No, like, um, so I, I've been having a lot of conversations about drugs. It's like range. It's across the gamut. Like there's, I've had stories. What is the friend at work said? I just have so many acid stories. <laughs> oh yeah. Acid stories are always the best. Like, but just like the way she sounds like, okay. So we talked about like hallucinogens and whatever. And then we're like, oh, I guess we have work to do. Let's take the last 15 minutes of this fucking 45 minute meeting that we scheduled to not talk about acid and cocaine and whatever else. <laughs> Actually do work. Because I, I have not done acid. I've not done cocaine. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I've that actually surprised you know, it's so funny. That actually surprises me that you haven't done some of the harder stuff. Have you done heroin? Well, oh, no, no, I've not done heroin. So you no interest. In doing wow. That. So your little your little body's like all virgin territory. I'm all beat the shit up and you're all still virgin territory. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I was I was saving. I was saving all my drug days for when I was in my 80s. When I figured That's... if something goes wrong, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't like your whole life was ahead of you. Nah, he had an overdose. Nah, in I, I it, wish you know? I wish my dad would. You know, you say that. I wish my dad, instead of just bitching about how much he's tired in pain, I wish he would just I mean, fucking do acid. Like a, oh, that would be great. Yeah. Your 80s. Like, yeah, the guy's heroin. The guy's got three diagnosed the doctors are throwing at you. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. But I've not done acid because. Um, I. I guess like I've I've done mushrooms one twice. Oh God, I a love mushrooms. Times. I love love mushrooms. mushrooms. Love 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 mushrooms. Want to do them more? Should do them more. Um, acid I would do like in like the right setting. You got it. So like yeah, like I just crap. haven't had that. I've you never gotta, been. The thing about it is, it's like I know people are like, oh yeah, I did an acid tab. Where were you? Oh, I was in the fucking IHOP. No, no, you do not do acid. You, it's to me, that's the thing about mushrooms. If you're gonna do mushrooms, and anybody that tells me I think I want to do mushrooms, I always give them the same advice. I always give them the same advice. First of all, make sure it's your house. Mm-hmm. Second of all, get butcher paper, put it on the floor markers or crayons put it on the floor put a lot of pillows out get like a a, like a a diffuser with like lavender so it's like smells good and then do your mushrooms and i'm telling you you're gonna want to create you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see those crayons you're gonna want to draw stuff you're gonna want to look at things you're gonna smell it's super comfortable because what you don't want my worst mushroom story of all time was jen and i my second wife uh she and i decided to do mushrooms one night and i had a bug up my ass to watch the fairly brothers kingpin which is a very it's a dirty you know it's a filthy you know sort of juvenile very funny movie in my opinion i gotta tell you on mushrooms that became a fucking tragic 
It's God. tail of a man with one hand trying to bowl. I mean, it was, I bawled. I watched and it's like, okay. Oh God. I know. And I went, all right. So lesson learned, do not watch any movie when you're on mushrooms because it's going to change your, I can't watch, I See, to this day, I can't watch Kingpin now. Mushrooms, to, I always thought the mushrooms were like the the good version of hallucinogens where they well, don't they are. cause freak us like that. The, what, the first time I did mushrooms, I was in LA from our, our Super Bowl trip. Um, Jed, uh, Jed Ford was like, because we were, we were going out to LA and we're talking about like, oh, we can, scooters were like the new thing at the time. Like you could rent scooters in Santa Monica and we're like, yeah, we're doing that. And Jed said something like, yeah, I'm only doing that if I can get some mushrooms or something. And I was like, do we need mushrooms? Because I can call my brother and I can get a guy. So like we did. I can get a guy. We all know a guy. The six of us, or whatever it was, we got a bunch of mushrooms from my brother. And we're just like microdosing throughout the day. And so it was like nice, easy. And like we were drinking a little bit throughout, you know, but we went to a this bar that was like two levels. The upstairs was like just like a normal bar that was crowded, whatever. The downstairs was like kind of this like cave. It was underground in the basement, this cave looking thing. And there was like this fusion jazz hip hop band. Oh, I love playing. it. Cheers. And the room was <laughs> super dark and creepy. And that's when like my moment of high, like real like I hit the 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 pinnacle, the peak of the high. And I kept waiting for the moment where like in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where like everyone turns into lizards and tell me about the fucking golf shoes. You know, like I was waiting for that moment to kick in and it never did. No. And I was like, this is just fucking cool. So anyway, I, so I go up and I'm feeling really good. And I go upstairs to go to the bathroom and I'm feeling really, really good. And I'm pissing in the toilet and I, I just, I'm overcome with joy. Just a joy I cannot even, I've never felt before. I've not felt since. Just absolute, sheer, unadulterated, uninhibited happiness. Oh, yeah. And I start laughing hysterically. Oh, shut up, Siri. Um, I talk too much with my hands and I say, yeah, yeah. And my Apple Watch. Anyway. Um, so I'm taking a, where was I? I'm taking a leak in this toilet, just having a time of my life. And I realized, I start laughing and the guy, like, it was in the urinal next to me. <laughs> and he goes, uh, hey man, you okay? And I was like, am I okay? God, I'm great. I'm great, man. Do you know that this toilet right here, this toilet is, it's here just for me. Like, like I, I am. It, it is for ah, no other purpose, it is for no other reason than to take my poopy right and, and then when I'm done with it, it's going to be here for somebody else. It's just so great. I am just so happy. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, great, man. So, like, yeah, mushrooms are great and everything. Wonderful. Um, I've never done cocaine because, and I've had plenty of opportunity, but, like, I know how I am with Red Bull and yeah, dude. And but like I did Thermadrine in college. Do you remember what Thermadrine was? I do. It's a, it was well, for those who don't, it was a weight loss. It was marketed as a weight loss pill. It yeah, it was speed. That's what it, it was taken by like people working out because it would get your heart going. You'd help you lose weight, burn your, you know, kick up your metabolism. It was speed. Yeah. 
I had a bottle of this shit in my the drawer of my uh, newspaper office desk office office desk. Um, I had a bottle at home in my medicine cabinet. I had a bottle in my car. Oh Remember, Jesus like, Christ! I fucking speedhead for like yeah, maybe like two months. Like it wasn't yeah. You weren't Ellen Burstyn in uh, fucking Requiem or the Dream, right? Yeah, but it was like I quit doing it when my like a twenty six year old friend of ours. He was doing it. He was a big workout guy. And he it like burned a hole in his aorta. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Pull it from the market because it was killing people. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, this isn't good. But and that's why I like I did. I never did coke because I know how I am with this shit. Yeah. I would be dead in a week. Like, yeah, I would write six of the greatest American novels ever written that no one would and read. Just drop dead. And yeah. That would no. be it. The thing, the thing is, my experience was with with cocaine was not that I that that I was like, oh, hey, I'm I'm all speeded up. It's that I'm an asshole on my best day. On my yeah. best day, yeah. I'm I've got the potential to be full blown asshole on coke. I'm like the Thanos of assholes. I mean, it's like I am such an asshole and I can't help myself. And I can and it, my experience with cocaine was I could hear me being the asshole. And the voice inside my head is like, dude, 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 yeah. look at look at his face. Look, look, look at how you're it's affecting. The the yeah. Been yeah. Cut. yeah. You look at how yeah. how you're affecting these people around you and you need to stop. You need to shut up. You need to say something different. But I couldn't. And it was like, all right. And I had at least because I did coke probably off and on a couple of years there. But one of the things that was interesting is like, there are a couple of instances where I like, I indelibly destroyed relationships. Yeah. Um, And I had to go, okay, this is, this is not a, so this, you like doing Coke or was it just like, Oh, there's Coke at this party or yeah, hey, the, get some yeah, I never, I never bought Coke. In fact, yeah. I never bought heroin, you know, any of the drugs I've ever done with the exception of mushrooms and probably weed when I was younger, I never really bought. It was just like, Hey, we're doing this. I'm at this I'm sort of like Monica house with a bunch of kids. Hey, we're smoking weed and d- taking Molly and drinking this bizarre liquid. Hey, you want some? And I'm like, no, hard liquid. I- I'm no, I, Hey dude. I was like, I know, I know way better at this point in my age that, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go to a house party and get a contact high because I happen to be around a bunch of people that are completely blotto. It's like, you know what? It's like you and I talking the other day, the day off the mic. And you were like, you know, I remember when I just got blackout drunk and I was so cool. And I said, no, no one, no one, no one, no one that's blackout drunk is cool. No one's cool. That's doing that. that. Well, that was, that was the essence. Like a, it's a paraphrase. A, a thematic line that yeah, courses it's a, through things that it's I wasn't a, aware of. But. It's a paraphrase, but, you know, the idea that you're cool when you're all completely. No, no, there's absolutely. Because and, and the thing about it is it feels like you're cool. I mean, everybody wants to be Hunter S. Thompson in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But Hunter S. But, Thompson isn't cool. He's but, funny because he's, yeah, it's funny because yeah. he's a fucking Well, it's, it's funny for him, but most of us in those situations, it, we're the bellhop. You know, we're watching this we're fucking the, yeah, asshole. We're the we're Christina Ricci. Exactly. We we're watching yeah. this bullshit we're go the, on. Or worse, we're the woman at the diner. At the diner. Exactly. And so that's yeah. really what yeah. it is. Like, you have to recognize that kind of stuff and go. I, yeah, I don't read that book again. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. As, as fun as it is to be that guy, it's probably not fun well, to have that guy walk into your fucking life. And so it's like, I get it. It's that fine line you have. Cause if you overdo it, cause like the thing with Coke, like you're the asshole. I think I would be like, 
just super David, you know, like yeah. I might be an asshole, but I think it would be more like, watch me ride this. I'd be like evil Knievel. Like, let me jump over a 18 buses on this BMX bike that I just stole from the Huffy store. I would, argue, you know? I would, I would argue that you would start that way, but and because I always started that way, but uh, because I know you well enough to know that you have sort of like this hidden latent, Hulk rage always sitting underneath, and right uh, it, yeah. It, yeah, inevitably that was what Coke started with me going, "Hey, I'm the life of the party. I'm going to tell you all these stories. I got all these things to say, yada yada yada." And then eventually, whether I like it or not, it just kind of, "Well, you're a fucking fat ass, Hulk smash." Yeah. What did I? What did I say? What did I say? You said something. I don't know what you fucking said, but you're a piece of shit. Let's go. I mean, I would turn into that guy. I became who's. The, I became one of those like uh, I was like Chet from Weird Science. <laughs> there was well, and the other side of it is weed, right? Like the whole argument, like, well, you never not. hear anybody, you know, beating their wife when they're high on weed or like whatever that shit is. And like, yeah, most you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But weed can go the other way. Like, did I? I think I've told you about when I was convinced that i had als yes <laughs> tell it again i don't know if we've recorded it but i yeah so years ago i think katie and i we weren't married yet um eddie was still around our dog eddie was still around we had gone to michigan for like our annual trip that we take with um, our friends danny and joey and her family and so we're up in michigan like cross country skiing and shit like that. This is like in February. Um, and our friend Nicolette came up to join us for a night and she was dating this new guy, this guy, Dean. We had never met him before. Dean comes up, seems like a cool guy. He's a videographer. Like he and I kind of hit it off right away and he had brought weed. So like at one point in the night, we all go outside, we smoke this bowl. I take the first hit and I fucking hit it hard. I fucked up. I misjudged the pull. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be really high cool let's let's get ready for it so whatever get a little high we come back in the house we're sitting on this long this really big sectional couch in the airbnb that we're renting and i'm sitting on one part katie is sitting like on the l of the sectional like across from me eddie is sitting next to me. he's curled up next to me and i'm petting eddie and we're all just talking and i'm getting higher and higher and it's like okay cool this is fine dean starts telling the story about his his dead dog um, his dog had just, this is February, his dog had died in November. So it's kind of fresh and he's got his phone out and he's showing pictures of his, of his dead dog and not pictures of his dog that is now dead, but pictures of the dead dog. Oh, like, Jesus Christ. Like that here's a picture cool. of my dog. It, it just died. Click. Here's another picture from a different angle. Again, he's a videographer. So these are like, there's like multiple angles of his dog dead. Uh, like, uh, so we're passing these fucking, we're passing the phone around looking at these pictures and it comes to me again, like, right. Like it's like when I'm in the, the bar in LA, like right when the high hits me and I'm like, fuck, here's a dead dog that looks just like, Eddie right now curled up just asleep like it just looks like it's asleep and Eddie is zonked out so I'm petting Eddie and I'm like fuck man this is like Eddie's gonna is Eddie dead right now why isn't he moving 
it's because he's sleeping. But is he sleeping forever? Oh, fuck. Eddie's dead. And it just like causes this like snowball of freaking out. So like I pass the phone off and I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Oh, shit. Oh, God. The fear is coming. <sighs> and I'm trying to get Katie's attention without, without like losing my cool. So I'm like, Katie, Katie. I finally get her attention. And I'm like, you need to get over here. Come on. Help me. So she sits, she finally comes over, sits down next to me. She's like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm freaking the fuck out. I need to get to bed. I don't think I can move. You need to help me. She's like, okay, cool. I'm like, we need to be cool about it. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I, we need to like ask our friends if they remember this, because in my mind, we were totally cool about it. But I'm sure in their mind, they're, everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with David? Like, it's like like Jordan Belfort driving the car on Quaaludes. It's like he thinks he yeah. makes it totally cool. And the reality is like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh -huh. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he like crawls up. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And the funny thing about that scene in the film is I knew when he was totally cool. I'm like, no, he's going to get and, back. Like, yeah. Be wrapped around the this... tree or some shit. And. Lo and behold, yeah. His perception is one thing, but him, so, wrong, him fucking driving. So yeah, Katie, that's like, like, it's a great she scene. She gets me up and she puts me to bed. But our bed was in this we're Airbnb. We're renting it with a bunch of other people. The room that we got, excuse me, was like a converted closet. It's small. It's like a full bed was barely fit in there. There's no windows. So it's just this dark, cold room. Katie puts me to bed. Eddie crawls in with me. She's like, it's going to be okay. Here's the iPad. Just watch something and just go to sleep. You're going to be fine. I'll come check on you in a little bit. Here's water. But, you know, so what she puts on was Fuller House on Netflix. <laughs> because Fuller House had just come out and uh -huh. I'm watching it. So she's like, here's something like totally innocuous. You know, it's it can't freak you out. It's a stupid, dumb fucking sitcom. Leave it alone. Except that... Fuller House is just like Full House, which I know really well, but it's just different enough. The theme song is different enough. Why is why is DJ Tanner taller and why is Kimmy Gibbler living with them now? And why does Stephanie have such big boobs? And like everything was different enough that it was freaking me out even more. So then I'm freaking out about that. And then I just get really cold and I start shivering and I'm like locked up, shaking cold. And I'm like, well. Well, I, I have ALS. I have Lou Gehrig's disease. Because that's the leap you make, yeah. Because, like, the summer before was the ALS, the ice bucket challenge. So my brain was like, I'm freezing cold and I'm stuck shivering. Like, is what happened. Because that was the whole thing with the ice bucket challenge. It's like your body, like, locks up. Yeah. Like, that's ALS, right? That's Lou Gehrig's disease, as I understood it. I, I don't think so, but I have no idea. I am pretty sure they didn't create a whole challenge uh, so that you can experience a facsimile. I, I don't. I mean, I really don't know. But I, I, anybody that came up with if that's the thing is like it's it's that's the worst thing I ever heard. It's sort of like saying, "Hey, no, you didn't say I don't, here dump ice on you so that you can experience a symptom of ALS." That's that's I, the. I think we need to, we need to fact check this. We got to fact check that because that sounds. If that's the case, but I have way, a whole different perspective on that. I, that's so funny. I was like, I was just stuck <laughs> in this room forever, freezing cold, locked up, and I can remember having a moment of kind of like your your coke brain, and was like, "Dude, calm down." My stoned, my high brain was like, my weed brain was like. 
dude, you don't have ALS. You're just really high. Mellow out, you're going to be fine. But I couldn't turn that switch off. I was just freaking out like my dog is going to die right here. Where, where is Michelle Tanner? What the fuck is happening? I have ALS. I'm Lou Gehrig, and I'm not even that good at baseball. This is my life. I'm fucked. Like <laughs> the moral of the story for Brandon Bruce and Brandon, I hope you're listening. I know you are. Um, I want a young man. Uh, I think you've if you've heard these stories, I think what you can take away from it is number one, don't do drugs. But if you do drugs, don't watch TV. And now we're sack of the news. Shooting at Outlet Mall in Dallas suburb leaves at least nine dead and seven injured. And the sun shines and McDonald's has fatty foods. It's like, this, this is just where we're at, man. This is, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing that's sad about, about all of it is it's not even, I mean, yes, the gun violence is, is it's just, we're in a, we're in an epidemic right now of gun violence. It's just how it's going to be. Um, it's going to be, but it's also, there's not that much. I mean, there is more, but there's not that much more than there is. It's that we're become, the, the constant flow of the internet, the constant presence of filmed moments, the constant, uh, information overload. You can't escape it. And because you can't escape it, it all seems catastrophe. And there, and I think because there's so much catastrophizing going on, we it's sort of like sort of like you on, on I, I've got ALS is that we can't think straight. <laughs> we can't think straight to actually solve the problems because we're so freaked out about uh, the fact that Fuller House is on. And I think that's the thing is there are solutions to all of these problems, but we don't address the solutions because we're so freaked out about all of the symptoms, which are very lonely, angry people getting guns and fucking opening fire on people so that they can make a mark. There are solutions to all these problems, but we're so high on our own weed that we can't think straight. I'm just wondering, you know, this happened in Texas and there was another shooting not what, a week and a half ago in Texas. I just keep wondering when these, you know, Texas, you've got open carry laws and all this shit. Like, when, when are the good guys with guns going to stop the bad guys with guns? Like, it feels like this was a prime opportunity, you know, for Governor Greg Abbott to swing in with his fucking six shooters and save the day. But See, here's the thing. You know, here's the thing. Oh. There are more there are more shootings. And in, in, if, if you want to consider the mass shootings, uh, if, if the de- definition of a mass shooting is four or more people, there are more mass shootings in the Chicago South Side on any given weekend, but you don't hear about it because, as Kanye West says, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Exactly. Your next story. The crowd decided passengers on this flight voted to remove fellow traveler videos show. So travelers on a Frontier Airlines flight to Atlanta apparently took an unruly passenger incident into their own hands on Monday last week, voting to remove a guest who had a confrontation with fellow flyers. So this person, um, let's see, um, so people were shouting at each other, the ground crew escorted the, the loud people off, and then, the, so like, problem solved apparently. 
But then the passengers are like, who wants to get rid of the other asshole that they were fighting with? And everyone just like raises their hands and off they go. I love that. That's democracy in action. Yeah. Everybody's talking like Donald Trump is killing democracy, that our democracy is fragile. No, it's not. That's democracy. I love that they did it. And uh, and I think if you're an asshole on a plane, you should be voted off. It's like Survivor, except on a plane. The tribe is spoken. The tribe is fucking. A version of cancel culture? No, I think that's I, I think that is a, that is the tribe is spoken. That is a direct result. It's not. See, cancel culture is I don't know you. I haven't seen you. I don't know what your shit is. You're not in my face. I am. You are at a distance and I'm going to try to destroy you from afar without any kind of skin in the game. This is this guy's like. 15 feet away from me. He was a dick. They escorted one guy, but that guy was just as at fault. We're all going to now in real time vote right now for that guy to get the fuck out of here. Did he get fired from his job? I don't know. Probably not. Did he have to, you know, did he get a refund? It's, it's likely he got a refund because he, the, the airline didn't ex, they didn't kick him off. They, he was voted off by, he was voted off by the tribe. The motherfucking tribe has spoken. His fire got snuffed out. Go home with the fucking, you know, hidden immunity idol in your pocket. Ted Nugent's Alabama concert canceled over a public outcry. What was the public outcry? Is Bud Light thing? No, that was no, that was that was Kid Rock. Sorry. Kid Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What what did Ted Nugent do? Ted Nugent. Uh, He's a racist piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a racist piece of shit. Like he's all the things. He's everything you hate about America. Yeah. In the lame, like in the lamest way. He's the one that he said that Obama should suck on his machine gun. Like he's hyperbolic and stupid and like fuck Ted Nugent. So here's what's great about this though. So, uh, less than a week. This is this is from the lead of the story. In Rolling Stone, less than a week after a Ted Nugent concert was announced in Birmingham, Alabama. Of course. Its promoter canceled it following intense outcry. Um, so, like, in Birmingham, I think this is, like, a good thing for America. Because Birmingham, Alabama, you think, like, maybe the most terribly racist city in American history, or one of them, anyway. Like, it's Birmingham, right? Yeah, yeah, it's right I up used there. to call it Bombingham. Like, yeah. there's, you know... Dynamite Hill. I mean, Jesus Christ. Fucking Birmingham, Alabama. Well, apparently, progress is progressing because the people in this in this area were like, don't bring this guy to our... We don't want him. He is a hateful son of a bitch. Get him out. And the concert promoter, before the tickets even went on sale, the concert promoter was like... This is going to go bad. Okay. Yeah. They don't, they don't want the show. We're not going to bring them the show. And I think to come to it. And again, I don't think that's cancel culture because it was right in their backyard. It was going to affect them in a direct way. It wasn't a tweet that has no skin in the game. It was direct. They said, we don't want it. The thing is, he still could have done the concert. Yeah, he still could have done the concert and lost his ass out of spite or whatever. But uh, I think the promoter was smart. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to go well for us. We're going to lose money on this. So let's uh, just not go there. I think it's great. I love Birmingham for that. Uh, So, of course, uh, Mr. Nugent commented on his Facebook page. Of course he did. Of course he did, because he has Facebook. He says, uh, quote, liars and haters drunk on stupid, incapable to debate me. 
Good job. Because that's when you have an important discussion or debate is with a rock star from the 1970s on a stage at a yeah, big well, concert. He, well, the thing is that what's disingenuous about it is it's not like he was going to go to Birmingham and have a town hall meeting. It's not like he was going to yeah. have a debate. Fuck you. You were going to get up, say some racist shit in between as banter between songs that we all used to love and maybe still do. But you're just a, you're a dick. So, yeah, yeah. good for uh, Birmingham. Speaking of old guys from uh, who had hits in the 70s, Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Actor Richard Dreyfus says Oscar diversity rules, quote, make me vomit. You know, God bless him, you know. Well, it, it, uh, maybe that's a little strongly worded. It's an interesting thing because and nobody seems to, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was listening when I'm, I'll tell you a little bit about it's one of my uh, one of my six things. But the question that nobody seems to have and I look and I, I spent like a couple of hours, like really going down a rabbit hole is that everybody and I and I am guilty of it. It's like, yeah, diversity. Right. That's a good thing. Right. Diversity is a good thing. There's nothing in terms of proof that says diversity is a good thing. There is nothing I, in turn. I think there is. No, no, no. There is no study that says diversity by itself is a net positive. And, and one of the reasons I, I started looking into that, there's a lot of people that have opinions about it, but that's not like actual data. And I was like, oh, that's fucked up because I never asked the question. I just assumed diversity was good always. And I don't know if it's always good, but then you, you hear about, oh, well, there are definitely like segregationists among the, the the politically progressive where they're saying, no, we need to have black only spaces and women only spaces, which is segregation. So is it diversity or segregation? Which one's better? I don't know. And I was like, so so I think Richard Dreyfus is, yes, he's an old man and he's frustrated because things aren't going the way he likes them to. I think the whole it makes me vomit is maybe a little strong. I think maybe what he might want to do is like, OK, so is the it's sort of like the uh, the the gender neutral awards, you know, the BAFTAs did that or whatever it is in Britain. It's like, hey, we're going to do this because on its paper on paper, gender neutral sounds like a really good idea, except that it was all dudes that got nominated. And so it turned out maybe it wasn't such a great idea. You know, it's like, so that's I'm looking at a Harvard Business Review report that says this research, which rests on a nationally representative survey of 1800 professionals, 40 case studies and numerous focus groups and interviews. Uh-huh. And, those, and and I've read I, I read that, too. And w what that says is know, that man. that they really like diversity, but there is no data that says a more diverse either workplace or more diverse. Employees that, of firms with 2D diversity are 45 percent likelier to report a growth in market share over the previous year and 70 percent likelier to report that the firm captured a new market. Those yeah, are opinions. But uh, no, but the thing is that does that also I, again, I saw that same thing. It does not take it. What it is, it's saying, hey, they grew market share. Let's see if they were diverse. Oh, they're diverse. We're going to say it's because they were diverse. No, actually, that is not at all good science. That is really bad science. It's we found a we found a successful company. They're diverse. We're going to say it's because they're diverse. All I'm saying is mm. I like diversity. 
I remember sitting in a, I remember sitting in a, in a place in Oak in, 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 in uh, like a, a show or a restaurant. That's what it was. We were going to go see a show and it was a restaurant in, uh, fuck, what is it? Evanston. And, uh, I was with this date and I looked at, and it had been a while since I'd gone out to a, and this was years ago, but I realized that the, the only people who weren't white were the wait staff. And it made me very uncomfortable because I was used to a bit more of a diverse room. I like a diverse room. And I think there's something to be said for the idea that, yeah, I like it. That doesn't mean that as a, as a thing, it necessarily has a net positive. I don't know the answer. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying that maybe Richard Dreyfus could probably angle the language a little bit better than just saying it makes him vomit. So what he added, this is another quote, uh, no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. What are we risking? Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that. You have to let life be life. And I'm sorry. I don't think there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. I mean, it, it is a little old man yelling at clouds. And I think his language is, but this like was based off of um, Lawrence Olivier's performance in blackface. Um, when he uh, Othello, when he performed yeah, yeah. as Othello, yeah. Which, oh, so you know, it's so funny that you, yeah. that you even bring this up. Like, you're gonna love my six things. So, uh, yeah, let's oh, keep going. God. All right, um, let's lighten things up a little bit. Um, <laughs> dog steals baby's pacifier. Shock. Fuck off! This fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> This is just like, I see a headline like this and I think like, uh, okay, who fucking cares? Yeah. How is this fucking news? Um, and there's a video and it's of this baby crying and the parent filming it. And then like they pan up or they tilt up and there's the dog, this little fucking like Shih Tzu thing. So they were the fucking pacifier propping its mouth. It's very funny. It's very cute. But it's also like. This is a headline? Like what? Yeah. What? What periodical or magazine made this an actual headline? CBS News. Oh, my sweet Christ. But here's the thing, Don. Here's why I think it's why it's valuable. Because for a moment, you're like, ah, this is fucking dumb. And it made me feel better not thinking about angry Richard Dreyfuss vomiting all over Hollywood. All right. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I I would rather see a headline that is like... uh, Puppy, you know, dog steals baby's pacifier. Baby learns to walk and strangle strangles dog. You know, like that would be like, give me back my fucking pass. It's like the baby's crying. Fucking asshole dog. All right. Sorry. That was more my Rorschach than yours. That's all right. Um, This one is special for you, though. And I think this is our sixth one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's close it out strong. Let's close it out hard. Pornhub. Pornhub blocks all of Utah from its site. Oh, Brandon Bruce lives in Utah. Oh, no, he can't spank to uh, his stepsister fantasy. I mean, there's always you porn, but yeah, Pornhub. (laughs) Uh, People in Utah who visit Pornhub will now be greeted by adult performer Sherry DeVille asking them to tell their representatives to change their age verification law. You know, I, I have, I'm glad I don't live in Utah. 
that's all I can say. I'm glad I don't live in Utah. I mean, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. So there's a new law that requires porn sites to verify users' ages. Which is, I think, probably a really good fucking thing. That's like a really good thing. It's reasonable. Like I, when you when you've got like a child giving away classified uh, documents uh, via Discord or whatever the fuck it is, I think maybe having some age verification is uh, it's it's sort of prudent. I mean, it's, it's funny. Yeah, like I, I don't. In theory, I think it's fine. Like I've never gone to a porn site and had to enter my age. I've had to go to liquor sites and enter my age. Yeah, like tobacco or you know, like I don't know if I'd go to tobacco, but whatever. Like there's yeah. I guess it's mostly just liquor sites. I've had to enter my age before. Not a big deal. Kind of an annoying step, but I get it. Like, if you're not allowed to drink till you're 21 or buy booze till you're 21, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go to a site. Okay, fine. Porn site. Like, you can't rent, rent porn. I guess. You have to rent, rent porn. Who rents, like when I who rents like porn? Video, video, whatever. Like, you couldn't yeah. go to, like, the old... Back, I, you know, back I used to work years. as a, I used to work yeah. as a manager of a faux blockbuster in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And the reason you knew it wasn't a real blockbuster is because we had that fucking, we had that closet. We had that walk-in closet filled with porn that you could rent. So like, okay. I, but I just think it's like, I don't know why they're so pissed about it. Like you're doing, it, it is adult entertainment, but also, so put it up there. And then kids can lie about it anyway. They will. Because I can lie about my age now. I can say I was born May 26, 1980, or 1990, 1995, and still get it. fucking 1999, 2000, whatever. I can, I can bring myself back into my 20s and still get into all the porn sites. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It's, A 16-year-old can say they were born in 79. It doesn't matter. I don't know. But yeah, I do love that they're just kind of sticking it. To Utah. To Utah. Anything that sticks to Utah makes me happy. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week is a... What is my first thing this week? Uh, It's a read. This is in The New Yorker. uh, As we stand in solidarity with our the uh, with the writer's strike um it's a good read why are tv writers so miserable this is from the new yorker oh yes yeah ninth at the end of last month um it was written before the strike um but it's just it's an interesting take why are tv writers so miserable and it's a good yeah yeah. shulman it's a very good yeah it's a very good piece my first thing is a listen um have you ever heard of the podcast a special place in hell I have not. It is essayist Megan Daum and essayist Sarah Hader. Um, they, they, she is uh, the Gen Xer and Sarah Hader is the millennial, the self-loathing millennial, whatever. And they talk about and the special place in hell is, is what Elizabeth Warren said that there, if there's a place uh, where women don't help other women, they had there's a special place in hell. For, that's why the title. Anyway, the April 21st episode, Sarah Rao and Regina Jackson destroy our inner Karens. Do you know who Sarah, Sarah Rao and Regina Jackson are? No, this is the Cuban woman and the black woman who host dinners for white women for money and and spend the dinner telling them how racist they are. 
Like white women spend like five, six thousand dollars a pop to sit at a table, eat dinner and have these two women tell them how shitty and racist and white they are. So these two women make it down. It's just I'm, come to a dude. They're making Bedtime conversation with me and Katie. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so Megan Daum and Sarah Hader decided to have them on as guests. And they're a little more centrist left. And uh, it was it's really interesting because that's the thing is it is, wasn't. Sorry. Are these dinners as like a therapy thing? Like, yeah, like when you, you work out real hard, you put yourself through hell, but you feel better about it in the morning. That's know? the idea. Yeah. Come have the dinner and we're going to have these two people, these diversity experts tell you how fucking racist you are because you're white women and how shitty it is that you're a bad white woman and you need to do the work and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And they're making a fucking huge living doing this. I mean, they're making tons of fucking money doing this. White women desperately need to be told how racist they are apparently. And so Megan Dom and what I liked about it was I thought it was going to end up being like, oh, let's bash on these two race grifters. It was not that I thought it might be. Oh, they just totally bash these two hosts. And now we no, it was a really I mean, it, they obviously did not see eye to eye on almost anything, but it was a really interesting conversation um, about what I would say. Not, I won't say it's a right left kind of thing. It's sort of like, here's the center and here's the far left. And let's see what they see if they can find some common ground. And they didn't. But it was interesting to hear the conversation. I recommend it. OK. My next thing is a watch. It's on HBO Max. White House Plumbers. Yes. It's the uh, it's the it's Watergate. Yep. It's the story of water in the, the break ins. And it's. Right out the gate, it's hilarious. Yeah, it is very funny. Thoreau's, uh, Thoreau, uh, is it Justin Thoreau? Justin doing, Thoreau, yeah. Doing Gene Gordon Liddy is just so fucking funny. My God. I just, he's so fucking funny. What does he say? Like, the, the opening scene where he's like, when they first show him, and he's got like, there's a woman like, got him bent over his desk with a knife to his throat. And it's like, he's just helping them learn to self-defense because there's been a lot of rapes in the area or something <laughs> like i just love the yeah, it's very funny and it says so much about that time period in america and the when they first try to break in or the second attempt when they break in he's got the wrong lock picks pick locks whatever the fuck and he's like i brought the wrong tools well go get the right tools they're in miami <laughs> he's like all right pack up we gotta go yeah it's these bumbling idiots like it's... King watergate was just done by a bunch of dumb it's fucking goofballs. Oh, yeah. It's too much fun. Um, my second thing, and going back to Richard Drivers, my second thing <laughs> is, uh, which makes me laugh that you brought that up, but I, I did this the other night. I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And I heard I heard a, a full-throated defense of it uh, by the director. And I went, you know what? Maybe I should revisit that. I wonder how I'm going to feel about it. I'm going to say that you need to revisit Tropic Thunder. And uh, and I'm going to say, if you still laugh, you're fine. If not, you probably have a massive stick right up your ass because it is funny from start to finish. And it's the only movie you're ever going to see in modern times where the phrase, you can't go full retard, to a guy pretending to be retarded by a man, a white man in blackface. You're never going to see that again. It's really unique. And it's really funny. The reason it works, though, is because 
they're it, poking fun it at works. the whole thing. Like, it's it, so, it's so, so goddamn so funny. Right. And right. and so, yeah. So along those lines, uh, I, 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 Richard, Richard Dreyfus, if you're listening, and I know you are, go watch Tropic Thunder and calm down. Yeah, Dick, you're going to love it. And maybe, and maybe, and maybe like have some crackers. It keeps you from vomiting. My third thing this week is it's another watch. And because it's, we're nearing the end here. Succession. Oh, yeah. God. It's just so good. It's really deep. It's really fun. It's dark. And speaking of something fun and dark um, and highly, for my opinion, and I, I promise you, I will not. There's not a single spoiler going to come out of my mouth because all I'm going to say is you should see it. I saw it yesterday with my mom. I bawled like a motherfucking baby. I laughed like a fucking loon. I applauded. I was go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume three, I will say that it is we've in in the age of like, what the fuck are we doing? Marvel movies and oh, let's throw some Eternals and then do some bullshit. And then how about some sheet Hulk? This reminds us of why we love the Marvel movies in the first place. It is by I would say it's the best MCU movie since Endgame. Okay. I mean, it is, that's a low bar, but okay. Endgame's a great fucking movie. Well, I mean, since Endgame, because Endgame was incredible. Well, oh, yeah. It's been kind of like, has been kind of, it's yeah. this, this is, and, yeah. the, and the other thing is, I can say, uh, it makes the Guardians of the Galaxy, because, you know, they do everything in like trilogies. It makes the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, I think, the most satisfying uh, story arc. I mean, it's really, it's a yeah. great, it's a great fucking movie. It is fun. The characters are great. The storyline, it's a little bloated. It's a little heavy, but it's his swan song. So he's, he's given him, he's given him the due. I loved it. Yes. I loved it. I'm going to see it again. I am not torn. Um, so Harry, you know, of course knows who the guardians of the galaxy are. Um, McDonald's right now. Um, their happy meal is guardians of the galaxy toys. Yeah. Volume three toys. Um, so yesterday we were driving. We went down to the boat and started to dewinterize that. And we passed a billboard for the for the movie. And Harry's like, "Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, blah 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 blah." I want to go see that, Daddy. We go see it in the theater. I was like, uh, "Maybe," because I don't know if it's like too scary for him. I mean, he's he's okay, but like Guardi- Guardians. Uh, let's put it this way: Guardians of the Galaxy three. I would argue. I mean, it might be a really good movie for Harry. He's what is he five or is he four? It's five. Yeah. Five. I, I mean, the thing, the thing about it is, and and I, I again, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but I will tell you there is. I know there's loss. well, there's there's well, well, there's loss, but there is there is serious animal mutilation. I mean, this is this is you you have rockets yeah. backstory origin story, yeah. and I mean, it is it is. Let's put it this way. I don't want to get again. I don't want to spoil things. Has he seen Toy Story? Yeah. Oh, loves Toy Story. And yeah. and and when the uh, the the Sid has taken all the yeah the fucking monster like the toys and made them into these hybrid creatures. Yeah. Is that, did yeah. that freak him out? No. All right. If it was actual animals, would he be freaked out? 
Um, he would probably be wondering what the fuck and why. Well, then if it's a, if it's a teachable moment, then it's good. Cause it's, it's dark. It, yeah. This is by far the darkest of, uh, well, so that's the thing is like, I wanted to like, well, before we see the third one, Harry, like let's watch the first two. And then I was oh, like, yeah. shit, if we have to watch the first two, we need to watch, uh, infinity war and end game. Because there's like story arc in there. I don't think the thing is, everything. yeah, all you, that, that, that thing, my mom has, my mom didn't know it. And if my mom can handle it, uh, Harry can, cause she was like, so, okay, so catch me up. Cause she'd seen the first two guardians, but didn't really make the connection. She saw the other movies, but forgot them cause she's an old lady. And I said, I said, mom, the only thing you really have to know is that Gamora died in Endgame and then came back as a earlier version of herself. And Peter Quill's really fucking sad about it. I said, oh, and, because you didn't watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, uh, turns out that right. Mant turns out that Mantis and Peter Quill are brother sister. I don't know how that's going to play into it, and that's all I had to say to my mom to catch her up. And she thought she loved the movie, loved the movie, start to finish. Because I was going to show him like Guardians of the Galaxy one, and I was like, but shit, that opens up with a mom dying. Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> Like, and I don't want to. Hey, like, I don't want to freak him. You know, this is heavy stuff. Like, yeah, it is heavy stuff. It's a good. You know, it, I don't know if he's ready for it, like, but you know, I think he's he is. not ready for it, which yeah. is fine. Like I can, I can push it off. We could watch the Christmas special. That would fair enough, whatever. Um, but Hey McDonald's, what the fuck? Like now the kid wants to go see the movie, but he's not, I mean, I guess McDonald's toys aren't just for five-year-olds, but still, I don't know. So having a, this is a parenting moment. I feel like I've come to a. All right, David, time to prove yourself as a dad. You can be responsible. Well, I think, and I think what you should do is you should do some really serious weed and watch Fuller House and make the decision then. That's probably a good idea. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?